Welcome to Mentors on the Mic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Simone Miller, a New York City native actress with credits in film, television, off-Broadway, and commercials. Every Monday, I'll bring you an incredible mentor in the entertainment industry, focusing on how they started and how they moved up to where they are today. My goal is to encourage you to follow your dreams and give you a playbook on how to get there. Thanks for listening and let the episode begin. Happy Mentor Monday, everyone. I am so thrilled to introduce you to a friend of mine who is an incredible mentor and one I think you're going to learn so much from. Her name is Chantal Maurice. Chantal is an incredible actress, coach, and filmmaker. Her credits include TV shows like ABC's Grey's Anatomy, where she had a recurring guest star role as Rashida Flowers. And fun fact, one of the episodes was written by Felicia Pride, another mentor on the podcast podcast, who also wrote an episode of Queen Sugar that Chantal was in. So go figure. Um, amazing. And then Chantal's credits also include Hightown, Teenage Bounty Hunters, Queen Sugar, Dynasty, The Blacklist, The Defenders, Quantico, Limitless, and many more. In fact, she has 63 credits already to her name on IMDb, which really is an incredible number. Um, and I worked with her as a career coach and consultant years ago at a studio in New York. And during that time, she was booking co-stars on popular TV shows while keeping very busy working on short films and web series, including two short films she wrote and she created on her own called Edge of Harmony and another one, Lorene's Got a Boogie. And after working as a career consultant and booking roles on all these great shows, she created her own company, her own service called Co-Star Coaching with Chantal in 2016, where she has helped many actors work on their craft through audition training, coaching, and career consulting. Soon after, she made the move from New York to Atlanta, and in her first year in Atlanta, she booked seven roles in 2019 from self-tapes, guys, including five TV shows on networks like Stars, Own, and Netflix, and two TV movies, while also being pinned for other shows, and a producer session for a series regular role. Her journey is so interesting, and I asked her questions about, you know, the differences working in a New York and Atlanta market, moving to Atlanta, tips for booking as much as she does, impact or the impetus for creating her own work and how that has helped her as an actor. And look, she has mentored so many actors through co-star coaching, and I know her journey and wisdom will provide mentorship both for actors listening to this podcast who are just starting and those who have been on the path for as long as I have, because I am inspired by her all the time. I'll also add that I got a little emotional this episode. A little mixture of pride and, and happiness and joy for her. I watched Grey's Anatomy and teared up watching my friend on the screen, someone who I'd known for so long. And even talking about it in the episode, I teared up. So have fun with that. Without further ado, here's Chantal Maurice. So welcome to Mentors on the Mic. I'm so excited to see and talk with you, Chantal. How are you? I am well. I'm great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate oh. the opportunity. I'm so impressed with you always. And obviously, I've known you for quite a while. I can't remember exactly when, but probably like 2013-ish, maybe. I think it was around 2012-13. Ooh, nice. Good memory. Okay. So yeah. Um, great. Well, I always like to start with what was your first role in entertainment? So my first job in entertainment, I was a dancer on Big Mama's House 3. I think it was 3. <laughs> I was an uncredited cafeteria dancer. 
And so I booked that when I was in college. I went to Charleston Southern University, so not too far away from Atlanta. And I somehow was on the internet and saw that there were these auditions for dancers for a movie. I never really had any professional dance training, but I've always just danced. So my partner at the time drove me down to Atlanta. I like skipped, didn't skip school, but I didn't go to classes for that day. And I went down to Atlanta and there were all these girls and I was so nervous. These were like professional dancers. They were doing music videos. And I was a college student who yeah. danced on the side. And so we had auditions where we had to learn choreography. So I picked up the choreography. I was pretty good. But then we had a freestyle session and I'm not a good freestyler. So during the freestyle session, girls were doing ballet. They were doing pirouettes and turns and all kinds of movements. And I didn't know what to do. And I was a stepmaster for um, my chapter, my sorority at my school. I'm a Delta. So I knew how to step. I've been stepping since I was yeah. in high school. So for that freestyle period, instead of dancing, I literally just bust out with a step routine. And that's what solidified it. Oh I booked the job, had to go down to Atlanta. I stayed there for like a week. We rehearsed. We, you know, we were on set with Martin Lawrence. Nice. It was just such a great experience. And then I went to watch the movie and I did not see myself and I was heartbroken. <laughs> That's the uncredited part, man. They're just, they're really cold about that. They're like, it doesn't matter if you were in it. We will uncredit you so fast. Yes. And so what was after that? You were like, I, I want to keep doing this. I majored in theater in, in college. I, I started doing acting when I was like 10. So I already knew that this is what I wanted to do. I wasn't really sure which one was going to take off first, the dancing or the acting. But I had more training in acting, which gave me more confidence. The dancing, it was like a natural ability. But then when you would put me in a room with like people who were pursuing it as a career, I right. really just got nervous and shy. But I would always look for other acting opportunities outside of college. So I would look for short films or independent films that I could audition for and be a part of. So that's what, what I did while in college. I still did my coursework. I still did the musicals and the plays, but I knew I wanted to do TV and film yeah. and we didn't have a TV and film program. So I just, I hustled. I was on Craigslist. I was on everywhere, just like <sighs> looking for opportunities to act. God, did you look at Craigslist when you got, I, I, we'll talk about when you come, came to New York, but did you look at Craigslist um, in New York for opportunities? Cause I remember doing the same thing and there's some shady stuff on Craigslist. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, where am I right now? And why are they promising me like, like a part in like a major film without knowing me or anything it was all such a scam, but you know, Craigslist, you do what you got to do. Yeah. You can find what you, you can do find. What you have to do. Yes, absolutely. So, so and you learn from, we learn from we those do. experiences as well. We do. And then when you left school, did you feel like you had like, you know, you had some films on your resume, you had a reel or like not yet? Oh yeah. I thought I was going to be famous. Yeah. I said, give me, I said, give me, me six months. Me too. Like, come on. I was I so it. confident. I was so ready. I was so confident. I remember someone once told me like, are you ever like, they said something like, yeah, like, uh, do you have a year where you'll just stop doing this if you're not big yet? And I'm like, oh God, I'm not even thinking of that. Like that, it wasn't even a possibility. I was like, no, yes, I was there with you. But did yeah. you, were you right? Like, did you have your reel? You had your resume or not yet? Oh yeah, yeah I had, had it ready. Um, I had everything ready because the performing arts magnet program that I did in high school taught us about resumes. Nice, not, not reels at that time because yeah. that was 
you know, but, but I mean, taught us about headshots and resume. Nice. So I've had a headshot and resume since I was 15 years old. There you go. So, you know, that I knew, and I, I knew that there, I knew about the real. So I would just like edit my own stuff. I had, yeah. a, I had an agent while I was in college. Nice. So I was like auditioning for projects and stuff. Um, nice. You know, yeah. Had headshots, all of those things weren't weren't they weren't the most professional, but I had I had you had them. them. That's all I meant. You had them, and and like oh. that's how you get better. At like headshots is sometimes just taking headshots and then going, okay, I know what what I did wrong here. I know like what I need to get for next time, that kind of thing. So you just kind of start. Cool. So then you graduate. Now what? So I graduated and I worked part-time at Ann Taylor factory outlets. Yes. And so I had worked there for six months and randomly one day I was on the website because I wasn't really quite sure what I was going to do, where I was going or what I was going to do after. I kind of thought I would just come to Atlanta because it was close to South Carolina. And I went on our website, Ann Taylor, and I saw that they were introducing internships, fashion internships. And I said to myself, well, I don't really know fashion. Um, I didn't study fashion, but I know this brand. I've been working for this company for six months, so I know this brand. So I went and I looked and they had a corporate communication. They had a communications internship. So with my theater major, you know, I was also doing communications. That this yeah. all kind of lump, lump together. And I freaking got it. Like it was a three-month internship plus a three-month tent position. So I had six months right after college, right in New York City, in Times Square. So you're in New York now and what you, I mean, you, you're back in New York, really. And so did you simultaneously also like try to act and audition and I wanted just focusing to, I on this. Not. Yeah, it's a lot. I wanted to so bad working in corporate. I feel like I aged like five years in that six months. Wow. Uh, the inter- Actually, the internship, the three-month internship was fun, right? Okay. It was all fun and okay. games. Once that internship temp. was over and now I was a temp, my boss started changing on me. Things wow. just got different. It got very different and I was very unhappy. I was making a lot of money, but I was really unhappy and I felt lost. There were things that I wanted to audition for and I couldn't because of my work schedule. And I just felt like I was starting to lose myself. And after that three months, you know, there was, of course they could have kept me on, but my boss sat me down and she was, she wasn't happy with my performance. I didn't want to be there. It was like, you need to find something else to do. <laughs> and that was what I needed. Yeah, that's what I needed. I, I needed to just, I needed something to just get me in the city to stabilize me. And then I had to move on. And give you some it. money because you had money at the little bit of money at the time. So at least, you know, you could, you, it wasn't as scary probably to start from scratch and have yeah. zero money. You're doing your thing. So now you've, you've left them, you left Dan Taylor, no longer working for them. How did you go? Okay. How do I figure out the New York scene in terms of acting? Yeah. So research, I was on all the websites, Actors Access, Backstage. New York Casting. New York Casting. There were so many things. I just was Mm -hmm. Googling. I was just in different Facebook. That was the Craigslist phase Um, for me right there. That, yeah, the Craigslist, the random stuff on Craigslist. So doing a lot of independent work. It really took a lot of research because, you know, I was new to this area. Yeah. I started finding out about auditions. I started finding out about studios to take classes at and things like that. But I really, I didn't know what I was doing. I just was trying. I was like, Hey, any opportunity for me, I was doing theater. I was going to eat equity, open calls, any opportunity. I was putting myself there. So what was uh, the first thing you got when you were in the city? Do you remember? I don't remember the first gig that I booked because I did so many 
Asian reenactment shows, not the American reenactment shows, the ones that only air okay. in Asia. That's yeah, fun. Like, yeah, I did an Asian reenactment show for $50. I did a commercial for a popcorn. I just did so many yeah. things. Like this did, did, you extra, did you do extra work ever? I did extra work maybe two or three times, and I hated it. Mm. Um, I learned a lot, but it just didn't make me feel good inside. Yeah. So I couldn't. That was something that, that was I short-lived. Could, could do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So when do you th- when did you get your agent or manager, the first person, like a first rep? I'll have to say once I started working at the acting studio, that's when I kind of started to learn a little bit more about the business and about agents and casting directors. So I believe once I started working at that studio was when I was able to land an agent. I got a manager. I started auditioning for TV film. I just had to learn the business. So I do credit that, like working at Me too. the studio for that. Because otherwise, it's like I had the information that I learned in college. I did conservatory at Dramatic Arts, New York Conservatory of Dramatic Arts. Nice. So I, I did, you know. Um, you worked a lot on I, technique. Like you knew yeah. technique well. But yeah, yeah they don't teach you the business often, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I felt the same way uh, for listeners out there. I don't know if we established this. We both worked at the same actor studio in New York. That's how we met in 2013 yeah. or 2012. So you got your first agent manager. Do you remember your first co-star? Yes. Oh, my first co-star was on Younger. Yes. With Hilary Duff and Sutton Foster. Yes. And I was a barista. barista. I remember this. I tell and, people this story, by the way, because because oh, wow. I heard it from a friend of mine who also went in. He's an Asian male. He went in for barista as well. And I think they just were looking for a bunch of different people and they found you and you knew how to say Gar- it was Gary. That was the line, right? Gary. My line was that. Gary. Gary. That was it. I mean, that was so good. I yeah. I felt it. I saw it. I felt it. That was great. No, I just remember being like, it was, I, I think it was such a typical, like good co-star story where like, they really were just searching for everyone. They like, they brought everyone, not everyone. And it's not like it was a normal audition. They probably brought so many people in, but they didn't have like a specific thing in mind. They were just like, we need someone for this, but then you got it. You were the one. I did. That was you my did. first. I was over the moon. Yeah. Even that one, it's one word. My first thing was uh, Winter's Tale. I yelled out Humstone John. Ooh, and I and it was uncredited because they cut it. But I remember just like those two words. I was like, Humstone John. This makes no sense. But yes, I love it. But yes, yes. That, that yes. Gary. That, God, we both had our first major things, I think, were just names. <laughs> we're calling out a name. Um, <laughs> so you get it. You love it. I'm sure. I mean, the day was probably just magical, right? Like, I feel like you know, those initial days on set were just like, this makes it worth it. Cause it, we, you know, we always work really, really hard as actors, but I feel like, especially when you're trying to get that first thing, you're trying to be like, I want to be on set. I want to be on television. Um, so I imagine it was a great day. Yeah, it was great. I had a stand in and I was like, no, 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 you, you can, you can go sit down. I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm, I wanted to, I wanted to be there for everything. Yeah. I was like, I'm saying Gary, I can stand here. Fine. <laughs> you, you wanted know? to be B team and A team. Yes, absolutely. Like she was like, I'm your stand in. I was like, that's fine. You can go stand over there because I'm going to stay right here because I, you know, I just wanted to just absorb everything yeah. that was happening and also learn, you know, just so much. And it just was a great feeling. It just felt like I've been working so hard at this thing called acting and this is the first time that I'm going to be like I had done reenactment shows yeah but like this is 
you know, my first union credit. Um, and I have, you know, it's not a reenactment show. It's a television series. So it just, it was a great experience. And there's a gray area. I feel like as actors, when, for those of us who start off training, right, because this is a new day and age, everybody doesn't start off the way you and I did. It's very different. But for those people who started off the traditional way, the traditional sense, we don't know anything about how to actually get on television. We know how to act. We know how to break down yeah. the script. We know how to bring the character to life. We can do the craft, but the business, it's like, why the hell isn't anybody teaching us the freaking business? I don't know. I don't know. It's infuriating to think about. I mean, I, I know we both have talked about this probably incessant, but like, it's just, it's infuriating to think, especially how much money we've spent on training and the fact that they just don't go over the business and the business covers so much, but just like, the typical stuff. Like I left college and I was like, okay, I have a resume. I have a real, I had, I think I had a website that I put together at some point. I don't remember when, but I had no idea how to get an agent. I had no idea how to get a manager. I didn't know what the hierarchy on like a television show. I didn't know any of the people, what they were called. I didn't know co-stars. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know how to get an audition. I didn't know about breakdowns. I, I thought I would just be able to start submitting myself for television. Like I had no idea. And they just, I don't think they teach any of it. But now maybe they do a bit more, I feel like, hopefully. Okay, so then you became, and I'm pretty sure, don't hate me if I'm bringing this, I'm pretty sure you at some point called yourself the co-star queen. Is that true? Am I making that up? That actually came from a friend, okay. Sean. Okay, a Sean. He Love was Sean. being shady. Actually. No, okay. <laughs> he was being kind of petty, uh, if we're being honest. And he called me the co-star queen. Oh. And I actually took offense to it because oh. I didn't want to be a co-star queen. I, I didn't. You I know, think but... of it as such a compliment now, but yes, and it was. But at the yeah. time, I, you know, my it was ego, not. Yeah, my ego came into play. But during that time, I started booking a handful of co-stars, like maybe eight, nine, ten. I, I want to I want to list some for the listeners. So we've got Younger, Mr. Robot, Born Again Virgin, Limitless, Quantico, The Defenders, The Blacklist, Half-Life. I think there might be more, but those are the ones I wrote down. Yes, that was in the beginning. Yes. That was in the beginning. Yes. So once I booked those, a lot of my peers would come to me for just kind of just to help them with auditions, to read with them. Yeah. So I was coaching, but I didn't have like a title because being mm. a career consultant at the acting studio, I kind of knew how to how to help people from working there. Credit a lot of that to actress Lauren Milberger just by sitting and listening to her. Like me I too. learned a lot from her. And when he called me the co-star queen, I got upset. Aww. People started coming to me for coaching. At one point, I just kind of put it all together. Co-star starts with a C. Coaching starts with a C. Chantal wow. starts with a C. I was like, it works. It goes You together. embraced it. I lo- That's so cool. I didn't know that. It, I, I, maybe I don't remember that part that it came off uh, initially like a little insulting. I just thought it was so cool. You know, it is frustrating uh, to be in that place. And I'm sure it was that you're consistently booking co-stars. But I always thought it was so impressive. There is a skill to getting a co-star, as I'm sure you talk about, because now called co-star coaching. I love that with Chantal. But I just always thought, girl, this this girl knows what she's doing, you know? And I feel like it made sense that you would teach, you know? And I feel like not everyone knows how to do that. Not everyone who 
who books consistently knows how to teach whatever it is. And so you just have that gift. Yeah. I had to also embrace that because I didn't want to be known for coaching. Mm. Like now, nowadays it's a little different, especially after COVID, you know, things are different where like a lot of actors now are coaching and offering, but there was a time when it wasn't cool. Like now it's kind of, it's a cool thing to do, right? Yeah. Income. Yeah. When I started it, it wasn't cool. And I said, well, there aren't any actors that I aspire to be like who coach other actors. So it felt like, who am I? Again, this ego. It felt like, but it felt like ego to be like, well, I don't want to be known as a coach because if I'm known Got as it. a coach, then that means that I'm not working. Mm. And so, you know, like Angela Bassett doesn't coach actors. So, it, so that's kind of where my mind was, but it was just a talent. It was like, I would start working with people and I would get downloads and I would just know like things will come out of my mouth. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to say that, <laughs> but it was just something that I, I had to accept the fact that part of my purpose is to help other people. Yes. And I ran from it for a very long time because I did, again, I wanted to be like, well, I'm, I'm the talent. Look at me as a talent. I don't want you looking at me as a coach. Cause that means that I'm not whatever. I was just whatever was making up stories. But once I leaned into it and I said, okay, this is a part of my purpose. That's when things begin to change. Took that in for a second. So my next question is during all of these co-stars, simultaneously what I noticed, Chantal has 63 credits on IMDb. Now, I normally don't care so much about IMDb pages. No one cares about star power here, at least in New York. I hope not in Atlanta too, whatever that means. But you were working. So it's not just that you were booking these TV shows, which you were, but you were also creating a lot of work for yourself. You were also in a lot of short films. I'm not sure if you were producing as well, but you were definitely either starring in them, acting them. I mean, I counted at least between like a lot of them, you were playing Chantal, which I really loved, (laughs) right? So we have, this is my roommate, which was our friend Jackie's uh, show, our web series. You did, you and Sean did the Chantal show. Um, And then you also were uh, Chantal and Aged Fruit, right? If you remember that, but you also, you did a bunch of stuff, Beautiful Killer, The Reversal, all we got. That was also Chantal alienated the mustard seed before you started creating your own work. Also the rhythm and blue. So I wanted to ask about that. So obviously it's, it's important to stay busy, but also like what was the need to keep creating your own projects slash being in short films? What was that like for you? It was necessary for me. I needed, I just needed to work. I needed to just continue to do this thing. I didn't want to say, oh, well, I'm only going to, I just, I did a co-star on Younger, so I'm not auditioning for short films anymore. I'm not auditioning for web series. Absolutely not. Like I wanted to just continue to work so that I can grow. I needed to see myself back. I needed to watch what, what I was doing. You know, it was almost just like, it's now or it's now or never. I have mm. to just make a name for myself. The independent community, you know, whether it's with casting directors, like I want people to know that I'm a hard worker because I am like, I work hard. One thing you probably aren't going to do is outwork me because I just have that natural work ethic. So I'm going to work hard, but it just felt like I just wanted to just be a part of everything. And I think we actors kind of all go through that. There's a period, especially in the beginning where it's just like, give me whatever, give me a stage reading, give me a play, give me a web series, give me a short film. And I think it's important to do all of those mediums. And then on the verge of that, then it's like, now I got to start creating my own work. Mm. So this is where I think our paths start to diverge a little bit because, and that's why I want to ask you. So I was on the same thing. I was doing everything I could do. And then I really did not create my own work. 
I, I think maybe one or two small things, but really nothing big. And I saw you creating your own work. So I want to, I want to now go, what were those first initial projects like where you were like, I'm going to create this web series. I'm going to create this film. What was that like? How did you go about starting to do it? Just walk me through that a little bit. Cause I love, I love it. Absolutely. So the first project, the web series, the Sean's Hall show that really just came about naturally. It came from Sean and I working together at the acting studio, him saying outrageous, rude, just crazy things to oh me God, Sean. and us actually writing them down, like yeah. writing down when he's like, Oh, is that a new wig? Or did you just watch the old one? <laughs> like things like that, like him. So that came about naturally. And it really was, it really was his uh. brainchild because I had never created before. Mm. He had created content, you know, as an actor in Los Angeles and I didn't. And he was like, we can do a web series. And I was like, we can. And he was like, yeah. So I credit a lot of that to him because he knew a lot more than I, yeah. but it was great to, to do that together because I was able to kind of learn, okay, we need this. We need a, we need a DP. We need a you know, we need a location. We need crafty. We need, so I was, I was able to learn from that experience. Yeah. And we had John Ort, the casting director. He was our director. He was. Yeah. That was great. Which was really, really cool. Forgot about that. But I think after, I think once I saw, once I kind of sat back and watched what we created, I said, wow, like this is good content. It's funny. I'm playing myself. It was just fun. And then I said, okay, now I want to do something else. I want to, I love biopics. I love, you know, telling stories of black artists from the past, you know, and I, I've always wanted to play like a, a jazz musician from the thirties or the forties. And so I did like research and I'm like, I don't look like anyone, you know, you kind of want to look like yeah. someone. I just didn't feel like they're, or I felt like they were just overly done. It was people mm. that have been done too many times. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to create somebody because I'm sure this person exists. Oh, wow. She existed, but we just don't know who she is because she's not one of the popular names. But it's just like with acting, you know, it's just like if you want to tell a story of an actor, of someone who was a working actor, they may have, they maybe they never got to be a household name. Right. But you can still tell that story because you know that journey. Wow. So that's what I did when I created Harmony Bessler. It's a four minute and I think it's like four minutes and 19 seconds. Yeah. But I just poured everything into it and just YouTube, watched a lot of videos on YouTube. It was a lot of work. I hated it for, for a lot of the time. But when I watched it back, I said, this is mine. Oh. I did this. And that's a feeling that that's like nothing else. Like I've watched myself on TV countless of times. But let me tell you something. When I watch my short films, that is a different, it is just, a, it's, it pulls on a different heartstring. Oh, so beautiful. And how long were you on set for Harmony? Uh, we did, I think, a weekend. Oh, we nice. Did, uh, yeah, I think it was like three days. And I got a club in Harlem. I lived in Harlem at the time. And I was able to get this club. They said, look, as long as you guys eat here, buy food. I'm like, sure. I'm like, we can do, so, we need to eat. <laughs> yeah. So I just brought food from the restaurant. We filmed it. And I'm the type of person when I do projects, I just pull in my friends. I know right. so many talented people. You do, like, yeah. I'm pulling in my friends. We're all just going to collaborate and work together. And then it just, yeah, it was the, my first short film. Just, just such a beautiful experience. Oh my God. Yes. And so, and you did the festival, you did it, you submitted it to things. It was a busy time for you. I remember that. I did that film probably, I think in 2016, 2017, just now I got an offer for it to be like on some streaming platform, you know, for it's a couple hundred bucks, but hey. like people, 
people say like short films don't pay and that's not true. Good. Like, actually, both of my films are generating. Laverne's got, got a boogie is about to be on a major platform. Um, so. Wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on that. Um, so, oh, what was the budget for both of them? And then, cause edge of harmony came earlier, but I think 2017 or 2019 was Lauren's got a bully boogie. So obviously you had some time in between. So my first question, what was the budget for each? If you don't mind sharing, just like curious yeah. as to like how much money you had to raise that sort of thing. And then what did you take from edge of harmony that you were able to bring to Lauren's got a boogie that like worked well, you know? So my budget for edge of harmony was $500. Nice. And I got that money from my boss at the time. I worked oh. at an escape game company in New York City. You did. I remember that. And the owner of this company, he was an entrepreneur. I just really admired his business mind. And I had, I said, Hey, I would love to, I would love for you to invest in my short film. And he said, okay, let's put a meeting on the calendar. We scheduled a lunch. I took him out to lunch. Oh, well, he took me out to lunch and I showed him, uh, I had the script I had, I didn't really have like a professional like pitch deck or anything like that. I just showed him what I had and told him my story. And I, I said, this is what I want to do. And he made me sign a contract that said that, you know, whenever I got my first Oscar, I'd have to like shout him out in my speech. And he gave me $500 and wow. I, put in, I put him in the movie. So he's in the movie. It's uh, it's just three characters. It's harmony, her manager, and there's um, a owner of the club who's like shortchanging us money. And so he plays, he's not an actor at all, but I put him in the so movie. So funny. So he had so much fun. It was just a fun experience. And I'm so grateful for him for just investing in me. So that was $500. I think I added some month, some extra Maybe, money yeah. in my pocket here and there. But Lorene's Got a Boogie was about uh, $8,000. And that you raised money for him. That I used Seed and Spark to raise. Yeah. And you like Seed and Spark? Yes. Yes. It, w it was challenging, but I did it. You did it. You did it. When did you, around this time, when did you move to Atlanta? Was it after Lorraine's Got a Boogie or right around the same time that you were working so on it? We filmed Lorraine's Got a Boogie in 2018. Okay. 20, it must have been the beginning of 2018. I moved to Atlanta the end of 2018. That's what I, okay. Gotcha. What made you decide to move to Atlanta? To be honest... I was somewhat forced to move to Atlanta. I had been thinking about it and talking about it for years, but never wanted to do it. In my brain, there was this thing that said, no, you got to make it in New York. Like if you leave New York, that means you failed. And I didn't have that feel like I failed. I'm like, you can't like that. You can't leave New York to go to Atlanta. Yeah. What? You're going to have to start over. You're yeah. hot, like, I allowed my ego to create so many. You just created areas. all these relationships here in New York. I get it. And I just didn't. I, I kept saying like, oh, yeah, I should move. I should move. What happened was I got into a really bad car accident in Barbados. Okay. Um, I was in Barbados, uh, got into a really bad accident and really had to recover from that accident and had to really come home like to wow. South Carolina and stay with my mom. So I wasn't working. Um, I thought I wasn't going to be able to pay my rent in New York, but luckily like I would get residual checks. Shout out to blue bloods. I would get residual <laughs> checks like each time. Well, Cause you were recurring on blue bloods, right? So it was like three episodes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So it was just like, great. So, you know, I got that the, those, those residual checks came every time it was time for me to give my roommate in New York rent. Wow. And I was in South Carolina, just like 
just down feeling like, you know, I had, because of the accident, it had put me in a really bad financial space. Um, I like spent more money than I had to like, cause a friend of mine was in the hospital. She had to have surgery. I mean, we were like traveling wow. around the Island. It was, it was bad. It was a, it was a really bad accident. Wow. So because of that, I was at home, I was broke. I was like, I got to go back to New York and like start all over financially with money. It just was bad. I was, I was broken up, bruised. I had a black eye. I had injuries. So I was recovering. And during this time, I just felt so down. I felt so down. And, um, my mom kept hinting at, well, you know, Atlanta's not too far. And one day I just remember getting so upset with her, my hand, my wrist was fractured and I was so upset. I like slammed my hand on the table and I was like, you don't understand. Like if I go to Atlanta, I'll have to start from scratch. Nobody knows me there. Like I worked so hard in New York. Like I just was so upset. And so, um, my mom, she's married to a pastor, so she's a first lady. And I remember maybe the next day we went to, um, you know, a, a service, a church service, and there was a pastor there from Atlanta and his message was about starting over. And I said, okay, God, listen, I don't wow. know what, you, I don't know what you, what you're doing, but you talking to somebody else cause you ain't talking to me. I'm not starting <laughs> And so I remember as he started to preach his lesson, you know, my mom and my stepdad kind of were just looking at me like, Ooh. so I was wow. like, okay. So I reached out to my agent cause I already had a Southeast agent here. Oh, nice. Um, so I reached out and I was like, Hey, I'm in South Carolina. So if you need me to be in Atlanta, I can be, cause this was around the time where casting directors was like, we don't want people flying in from New York and LA. You need to live in Atlanta. Yep. So I'm like, listen, I'm in South Carolina. If you need me for anything, I'm here. The next day after that, after that service, I went home and I said, okay, God, tell me what it is you want me to do. Because at this point, I don't know what to do. I don't want to get in my own way. Just, just tell me the next day I get a panicked email from my Southeast agent. She's like, Chantal, I've been trying to call you. Your phone number's not working. I had changed my number when I was in New York. She had my old number. She's like, I've been trying to call you. Um, you booked dynasty and I can't get in contact with you. And so I said, okay, God, you working fast. I just asked you this, <laughs> I just asked you this last night and I, I, you know, wow. So I had auditioned because I told her that I was in South Carolina and I sent in like an audition. It was like, you know, co yeah. lines. I didn't book that role. So I'm, you know, moved on. So somehow she it must have used it maybe for another for another role. And so she's like, you book, please call me ASAP. I call her again. She's like, what? I'm trying to call you. I'm like, I got a new number. So this whole thing happened. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I pray this is it. All right. So I didn't know what I booked. I said, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can make it there. I can be there. Send me, send me the script or send me my role. Something. I got those sides. It was one line. I about threw something on the floor. I said, God, that's not what I asked you for. I didn't ask you for one line. I didn't do all this to come down here. This is now. This isn't. This isn't the answer prayer. I thought this was the answer prayer, but you mean I reject it. I reject this answer prayer. I need a new one. You mean to tell me that my first job in Atlanta, I'm a maid on Dynasty with one line? I said no. So then I was depressed, right? So. I go to set. I got an attitude. I'm used to, I'm like in New York. I could just take the subway and I'm at this location. Now I got to go to a studio, a soundstage. I'm lost. I, I, it was just a mess. I was a mess. I was a mess. Okay. <laughs> Once again, ego, ego has been something. It's, it's just been something I've been really working on. Like all my life, it's created false narratives and it's like just 
hasn't served me at all, my ego. Mm -hmm. And so I get on set. It wasn't the experience I would have wanted, but it's what I needed. After that, I literally booked like two more jobs. Wow. All kind of similar, but that money I was able to put to put to the side. I went back to New York, packed my things. I worked for another month. And because of those jobs that I booked, I was able to come to Atlanta and like really just start and not have to get a job, not have to work ever since. Wow. Um, Cause it just kind of went one thing led to another and things like that. But that was, that's the, that's a long story. I it's a good it story. Work, no, it was but, a good story. And I wanted it exactly at that length with the same amount of passion and love. I loved everything about that story. Um, so you booked a couple other things, you know, you've moved to Atlanta and when do you start seeing some, you know, traction? Are you, are you booking uh, co-stars for a little while? How, what's the, what's the, what's the journey like when you moved here? So the first couple of jobs that I booked before I actually moved were co-stars. Okay. First actual year in Atlanta, 2019, I booked like seven jobs, seven jobs, seven TV shows, two movies. And they were, for the most part, they were all, no, that's not true. Cause I booked Cherry Grigio. Yeah. In 2019, that was a guest star. That was a guest star. So I booked Cherry Grigio. I booked Queen Sugar, which Mm. felt like a guest star role, but that's when I started to learn that, okay, well, you're an Atlanta actor. Mm. So we're going to call everything a co-star. Wow. Cause I, I thought that was a guest star. It should have been a guest. If 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 the actress from LA or New York would have booked it, it would have been a guest star. Mm. But I was an Atlanta local, so it was a co-star. Oh, interesting. All right. So there's pros and cons. On one hand, you're super busy, right? You're booking a lot. But on the other hand, you're consistently booking these co-stars still. So you're still in that. And I know you. You're always looking for in a good way. I think you're still happy with maybe where you are, but I think you're always looking for, okay, what's what's the bigger thing? What's the next big thing? Right. I, I feel like your eyes are on series regular now. Am I wrong? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. My so eyes, my eyes been on series regular yeah. since I was in high school. Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like <laughs> it's still on that. So at the time, you're probably like, I'm super grateful, but also like, what's why not a why not a guest star? You never God. Well, like, why not a guest star? Yes. So how was and, that year? And so Ch- Cherry Grigio came. That was a guest star. That was great. Never want, never thought I would be naked ever. I what thought was that, that was decision? Re- I thought that was reserved for skinny people. I, it was such a good it's character. It's a good character. I mean, it really, really was. It was funny. You were able to put so much into it. It wasn't, yeah, that's fair. And times have changed. I remember being a career consultant and an actress asking me like, well, what do you think about nudity? And I said, well, I don't have to worry about that. I literally said that. I was wow. like, because during, at that time, you know, women who looked like me, you didn't, they, there weren't sex scenes. There weren't, you know, it, it was literally saved for the lead who tends right. to be slimmer and yeah. tends to have a certain look. So in my mind, I never thought that I would, you know, be a stripper and in a real strip club. It just never yeah. crossed my mind. But when the opportunity came, I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like this is, I'm going to do this. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a great experience. Great think, role. Yeah. I think after, after doing that role, that was a guest star. Yeah. Um, and after my first full year here is when I started to see the difference in how Atlanta actors are looked at and valued. Hmm. That's when I start to say, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. There's work, but you're looked at as less than in comparison okay. to rate, 
in comparison to credit. Like you don't, you don't get the same, same value. Yeah. Yeah. So when do you, when do you start kind of fighting for that a little bit? Like, is that something you wanted your rep to do? Is that something you kind of thought for yourself? Like, when do you start then having those negotiations and going, yeah, I know that you're saying this is a co-star, but it's not, or So I'm I'm also learning how that's working now. My yeah. agent has fought for me. She's included me on some of the conversations. I did a a role on Hightown and it was a it's an intense sex scene um with the lead. It's with the lead of the show. So we're talking sex scene and same sex sex scene, right? Um Okay. So, yes. Right. So that role should have been a guest star. And I watched my agent or I read the emails of her kind of going to bat for me. But these Southeast casting directors, they get these jobs because they promised the production that they will get local actors for scale. Mm. So that they get these jobs, they pretty much get these jobs by saying we can find cheap talent here in Atlanta. You can go ahead and book the leads out of New York and LA. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the cheap talent. So now the agents are pushing back wow. at them saying, Oh, this needs more money or this needs more credit. They're like, We our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. Wow. Fair. I didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah. Nobody okay. talk nobody talks, nobody talks about, about it. it. Nobody talks about it. Interesting. So on one hand, like because I remember you've talked about it before that there's more opportunity in some ways, but I guess, you know, everything has its other side. So interesting. There and so, be, yeah, there will be on. an audition. You and I can get an audition. Same role. If it comes through your New York rep, it's going to say guest star. If it comes through or if it comes through a, the New York casting director, it's going to say guest star. The same role will come through Atlanta from the Atlanta local casting office. And it's going to say co-star. So what about Grey's Anatomy? So Grey's Anatomy came out of nowhere. I still have my New York LA rep that I had when I I was was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of just, my agent left the company, but the company just kept me on the roster. So that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Look, listen, that doesn't happen all the time. So means they knew it it was a, it was an oversight, honestly, but thank God it just, I just got randomly got left there. So I got left on the roster. And so I told my agent in, in LA, when she came on board, I said, I live in Atlanta, but you know, people forget things. I got this audition for Grey's Anatomy and I said, oh, wow. And I looked at it and it said, must be LA local. And I said, mm. well, my agent must know something that I don't know. Cause I, she, I told her that I live in Atlanta. So, so I said, I emailed her. I said, so should I just say LA in my slate? She's like, yeah, LA's best. I sent it in. I didn't think anything of it. I said, I've never auditioned for Grey's Anatomy before this. I'm not booking this role. Like I had auditioned for that and like a one-liner. So when she called me, cause agents only really oh, call so you funny. Agents only really call you when if you, you book it. Book. That's it. So I auditioned for Grey's Anatomy and I auditioned for this feature film. For, it was like one line. So when she called me, I was like, well, here we go. I booked another line. Like, yeah, great. So I let it go to voicemail. That's how I was just like, <sighs> I was like, here we go. She called, I call her back. She says, congratulations, Chantal. You booked a recurring guest star role on Grey's Anatomy. I looked at my phone. I said, What? <laughs> I was so confused. It it didn't hit me. And she was like, so yeah, you've got to be there tomorrow to COVID test because the role shoots on Monday. Is that possible? I said, and the time difference, she's in LA. So she's calling me at 7 p.m. on Thursday. (laughs) 
think that I've got to like, be. Is it possible? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was an oversight that right. I lived in L.A. And then once she mm. pulled up my stuff, she was like, oh, oh this shit. is a Atlanta actor. Yeah, I can. Tomorrow. I'll figure tomorrow. that one out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great experience. I loved it. So were you paid as an L.A. local? I was. So you had to put yourself up? I stayed with a friend. Oh, good. Good, the good, same good, good. the same friend that I moved in with when I moved to Atlanta, she moved to LA. So I stayed. Hey, it's a gift that keeps giving that friend. Yes, she, <laughs> she that's great. So yeah, I had to, I had to put myself up. That was the only thing. But that, were you paid? You were paid as an LA guest star, though. Yes. Yes. So at least you're making more than if you were if you got it from Atlanta. Right. But right. still. But still. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, first of all, I have to say, you guys have to check out. Chantal in Grey's Anatomy. It's the it's such a good role for her. She is so good in it. And I will say that I teared up watching you. First of all, it's like, I love this show. This is like, I'm one of those people that have just been watching the show forever. But to see you on, to see you just be your amazing self. So I was just like this, I'm going to, I'm going to get emotional thinking about it now. It just was so cool. It was really, oh man, I was really happy. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Michelle. Yes. Let it out. Let it out. It's a big deal. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And it's the first of many. I mean, not first. You know what I mean, though. It's like just just recurring guest stars, big deal. And like, you were so good. Thank so you. it's just going to happen more and more. I'm just going to keep seeing you in all these sting. And I'm just going to be like, yes. But anyway, wow. I didn't expect this to happen. No, but it makes sense because yeah. as artists, we know the journey. We understand the journey. So yeah. to see someone that you worked with back in 2012, exactly you know, to, to see it happen, because this, this is tough. This, <laughs> this journey is tough and people don't talk about it. People, people only really talk about the wins. They only talk about, I booked this. That is, that is the so truth. We're focused on the wins. So when you see someone that, you know, is working hard, when you see someone that, you know, is like, no, it didn't happen for them overnight. They've been nope. doing this for years. And when you see that on TV, it does something and it does hit because it does. we're connected. So yeah. it's fine that you're, that you're experiencing, you should be experiencing those emotions because I would be experiencing the same thing when I'm going to be watching you. Thank you. Yeah. And what I loved also, and I have to put this in there, I had no idea. So Felicia Pride, who was on the podcast, absolutely love her. Super, super talented listener. Her podcast, by the way, um, just came out, but, but she not only wrote your episode of one of your first episode of Grey's Anatomy, but she also wrote your episode in Queen Sugar, which I mean, that, that just for, I just think that means something. I don't know what, but I just, you know, that's, that's a little coincidental. I didn't know that. I did not know that when I was on set and she came and she introduced herself. I'm like, oh my God, it's so great to meet you. And she said, you did my first episode of Queen Sugar. And I said, shut the, get the, stop. Yeah. Stop you guys, it. I have a feeling it's going to keep happening. I'm going to put that in the universe that like, she's going to do something else and you're going to be in that. I just want that to keep happening because it's a magical combination. And she she's does amazing. such good stories and like, she's going to do so much for that show and She's a, such a phenomenal talent. And oh God, if you, I don't know if you've heard the episode. I was just talking about it last night with her. But um, there's this moment when I ask her, and I'm going to ask you this at the end, spoiler alert, but um, what's your definition of success? And she just had the best answer I've ever heard where she was just like, well, I'm currently living it. Like I'm, I'm doing it and mm. it's living in my purpose. And I was just mm. like, God, it's so moving. You have to hear it. But um, 
any shows you want, any people you want to be with, any... I've been wanting to work with Queen Latifah forever. Um, I don't know what's taking so long. Yeah, I've been wanting to work with her in any capacity. I think she's amazing and she's one of my inspirations. So I want to work with her. I really, Michelle, to be honest, I want to tell good stories. I want to tell moving stories. Yeah. I want to tell stories that when people watch it, it moves them to joy, to tears, whatever. I really want to tell stories that make a difference in someone's life. Uh, And I want to continue to inspire and encourage actors. So the more that I work, the more I'm able to learn and pour into other actors. Yes. Um, Any advice would you would give to people, obviously, who are still looking to to book co-stars? Because that's obviously like co-star coaching i have to ask but like people and i'll ask also about guest stars but people who are looking to book co-stars anything in particular that you can share with us it's not that deep Hmm. people make these whole things about one-liners they they create classes off of them they create techniques off of them and this is my personal opinion yeah not that deep I think a lot of times we as actors, we give so much of our power away and we allow people to make so much money off of us. Mm. We allow people to say, well, if you take this class, you're going to book a co-star. If you take this workshop and I think it's all bullshit. It is. Yeah. I honest. I, I, I think it's bullshit. I think what we, what I would suggest is tap into who you are, your uniqueness. Stop trying to fit into a box. Stop trying to use a technique for now. Audition technique is important. You yeah. have to know how to audition. But when it comes to these co-stars and these one-liners, it's very simple. Know the story, know the show, know the tone, and figure out who this person is. We make it so deep. We make we put so much weight on it. And it's like, just hold the cup and say, Gary. I was just going to say, just, it's not Gary, you know, <laughs> just, 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 up. just do it. Just be mad. We forget how to be humans. When we start yeah. to audition, we're like, well, as soon I as record, as soon yeah. as you press record, you're like, I have to be something. And it's like, how would you just do it naturally? Yeah. You know, I coach so many people and I'm like, I can see the shift that happens when we're talking and then I press record. And then now we start acting, stop acting and just be, just yeah. be this person naturally. Um, so, yeah. And then advice right. for guests. Star- no, it was good. And then advice for guests are star- like people who want to book guest stars. So it's like, I don't want to contradict myself. Right. Because I just said that, <laughs> that, well, no, but that was different. It's a different thing. Yeah. For, and that's specifically for like the one liners that we put so much pressure on. Yeah. Um, but I think for guest stars, it is important to work with any type of coach. I'm not big on gurus. I think we have these like acting teacher gurus. Like if you take class with this person, then you're going to book. That's the stuff that I don't believe. Yeah, in. I agree. Um, because there, there are no, there are no gurus because this whole business is based on people's opinions. It changes so much. It's so I true. Think, I do think having someone, and even if your coach is just another actor friend, someone who's working, someone who has done a guest star, just have someone there with you. Don't just, don't just use a reader. Um, and don't okay. use a reader that you don't know. Uh, you can do that. I feel like for the one liners and stuff, but once it's, if it's a guest star, if it's a meaty role, you need to be working with somebody who, you know, you know, their credentials, you've worked with them before, you know, um, yeah. that, that, that's just my personal. That was opinion. a good, that was really, wait. And so do you always do in-person, um, readers? 
at this point? Because I know a lot of people with the pandemic, it's a lot of Zoom readers, you know what I mean? For auditions. For my auditions, yeah. I'm all, I have in-person reader. Cool, got it. Yeah. And you always and you always work with a coach. Do you work out with a coach before or during the actual self-tape? I work with my coach during. Cool. During my, my tape, I, I go to him. I know what it is that I want this character to look like. I do what I want first. And then I, then we call him. it play. I yeah. Call it, yeah. I call it play yeah. time. So, cause we rehearse it as actors one way, get that out the way and then have play time. Mm. That's the way I look at it. All right. Excellent. And then last couple of questions. How can people find you? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, ChantalMaurice.com, D-O-T-C-O-M. It's not yes. Chantel. We don't tell because snitches get what? Stitches. So we don't tell. It's Chantal. I don't know why it's The so amount funny. of people. I mean, I remember I was telling I was texting you during like a clubhouse thing we were doing. And I was like, if they say your name as Chantel one more time. I mean, like I, I said it like three times. You introduced yourself as Chantal. I was like, why are they not getting it? <laughs> And co-star coaching is on Instagram, co-star underscore coaching. Yes. And you're doing a lot of virtual classes as well right now, right? Or some? Yes. Yes. Just wrapped up a virtual class. Yes. With the casting director, age, um, casting director and the you. manager. Um, talking about actors access and actors marketing materials. So Excellent. yeah, I do virtual uh, classes, in-person scene study classes at Actors Playground here in Atlanta. Nice. Uh, do in-person audition coaching and virtual coaching as well. Excellent. All right. What is your definition of success? I want to say I, so I will say there are many definitions of success. So I'm going to give a definition of success, right? Yeah. So I think a definition of success is being able to validate yourself, your gifts and your talent, validating yourself, mm-hmm. betting on yourself and not waiting for someone else to give you permission to do, to start your business, to give you permission to act in their project to give you permission, you know, not being validated by deadline articles, not being validated by titles. I'm a recurring guest star. I'm not being validated by that, but validating and betting on yourself and having true inner happiness with that. I think that is a definition of success. First of all, I love that. Um, Do you have any tips on how people can validate themselves or start validating themselves or Mm. how did you do it or how did you start doing it? Yeah, it is a journey and I still deal with imposter syndrome. You know, each time I'm about to teach it, I love teaching classes. And right before I do a virtual class, I still feel like, who am I? Am I qualified to do this? Oh my God, am I about to teach these people? Oh my God, oh my God, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. So I still deal with imposter syndrome, but you have to work through it. You have to do it in fear. Mm. So if you're trying to validate yourself, you've got to do it while you're still scared. Yeah. You've got to start that idea. You've got to teach that class. You've got to speak to those people with the feeling of fear, with the feeling of I'm not good enough to do, but you have to do it. So I think the only way to get there is to put one foot in front of the other and still do it. You can't get stuck in, well, you can't get stuck in the fear. You've got to move through it. Amazing. All right. On that note, thank you so much. Thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you for gifting us with all of that amazing knowledge and for for sharing with me your journey. Because I I mean, I've known you for quite a while, but I definitely didn't know a lot of that. Um, And I was curious. I know people are going to be curious and uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you haven't yet, do me a favor, drop a five-star review, follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, and find me on Instagram. I'm at at Michelle Simone Miller and at Mentors on the Mic. Share this in your stories. Let me know what you think. Share it with a friend, and I'll see you next time.